Hey there, and welcome to Branded by Amazing. This is episode number 18, and today we're going to talk about the very first products we ever launched. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, this is Matt Clark, the CEO of Amazing. And I'm Mike McClurry, the Chief Product Officer of Amazing. And to kick things off, I think Mike is going to go first. Yeah, so uh, you know, a few weeks ago we did another podcast talking about some of our biggest failures. Um, we thought it'd be interesting as well to talk about just what are the first products that kind of got us into the business. Um, for me, uh, when I actually you know learned from you back in 2013, uh, the first product and I actually brought it here for those who are watching the video. If you want to check us out, we're also going to be recording this, putting on YouTube. The first product that I had is a leather conditioner. Uh, it's called Leather Afterlife. I have no idea if that was a good name or not at the mm -hmm. time, but um, at, at the time back in 2013, we were taught to really go look for really popular, hot selling products, uh, products that were in the top 100 of their category, and leather conditioner was one of them, kind of fit the bill. It was pretty affordable to launch. Uh, if people heard you know, kind of my story, we were able to get going for a really small MOQ. I only ordered 100 units of this. Mm -hmm. The price for that was about two and a half, maybe close to three bucks. So well under $500 for the entire inventory order. Where did, uh, where did it come from? So it came from Ohio. Oh. We uh, we found a company that would make it for us. Uh, the supplier's name was uh, Greg Wirtz. I can say his name out there. Great guy. Um, he has a family-owned business. He made other types of products. It was his first time making a leather conditioner. But when we called around trying to uh, look for companies that could make a product like this, um, he made other kind of oils and different types of products out there. And he thought he could make it for us. And so what we did, we sent him some of the top-selling leather conditioners out there. He uh, he went to you know went to work in his lab trying to like dissect them, find out things that he liked about them, things that he didn't like about them, and then finally came back after about two or three iterations of sample products, one that we really liked. Uh, now keep in mind at the time, I knew nothing about leather conditioning. The leather didn't really own any leather jackets or something like that, but I knew that you know this was a product that seemed to do well on Amazon, very affordable to start, enough demand, and trusting our supplier at the time to really match up to some of the top selling ones out there, we felt very confident mm -hmm. that this would be a good product for the launch. You know, and definitely low risk. I mean, 500 bucks, couldn't really get more low risk than launching a product, and USA made yeah. um, as that, for that as well. And how did it end up going? Uh, really well. Um, so the product took off. Uh, we launched it in May of 2013. We were selling 10, 20 units a day very quickly within a few months of that. Mm -hmm. Got to a point where we're selling like somewhere between 50 and maybe even 100 units a day at its peak during the, the sales season. Um, it was a really, you know, really nice product for us to launch. Uh, we got a lot of reviews. You can actually check it out. We're no longer actively selling it because we wanted to move into more higher margin products. One of the things about this was that it became pretty competitive for us pretty quickly. Uh, and then the margins were, you know, percentage-wise, they were good. We still had 25, 30% profit margins, but dollar-wise, uh, it sold for about $15, $16 a unit. Uh, we started, you know, spending marketing on that. So at the end of the day, we're maybe, after advertising, maybe making two bucks um, yeah. per unit after all that, which is great profit margin-wise, even after all the cost of the business was nice, but we weren't gonna really scale it up. Because if you look at it, the volumes, even for the top sellers, weren't where we wanted to be as a company. Mm. So we kind of let it die out. Um, you could check it out. It's still, it's not for sale on Amazon, but if you Google Leather Afterlife, uh, it'll take you to a link in it. You can check the reviews. We had really good reviews, like four and a half stars. Still have over like 500 reviews, even though we haven't sold it for years on there. Um, it's one of those products, I don't know if you ever feel this way, Matt, but maybe a lot of uh, you know people that we've taught do. You have a some nostalgia around your first product, and this is definitely it. There are times that I thought about maybe I should get back and try to become the leather conditioner czar <laughs> at some point. Uh, it's not the right financial decision for me, but definitely love the product. Got great reviews, 
and probably would be, you know, maybe someone else wouldn't get in the leather conditioning. It's still, it's not a decent and not a, not a, a bad field to get into, uh, for starting out for low risk. But, uh, it's one of those where I really love the brand. I love the product, but it just didn't meet my growing goals where I wanted to be with this business. Did you ever add more products under that brand or you just kind of killed the brand? So we added two more products. We added a leather cleaner as well. We realized that people needed to clean their leather before they wanted to, to condition it. Um, and so that one went okay. But again, it wasn't in our manufacturer's kind of sweet spot. He made something for us that worked all right. Um, but it definitely wasn't like a, an awesome product. We were lucky to get four stars rating out of it. Um, but, but what we did after that, we added a third product then. It was a furniture polish, which was very similar to the formulation for this. They have a lot of the same qualities. It was actually our manufacturer's recommendation. It's like, you know, you, we have all the materials to build like a really good furniture polish. Why don't we try that out? The downside was there wasn't a big demand for furniture oh. polish like there was leather conditioner, but we built a, you know, a leather afterlife furniture polish, added a really cool scent to it. It's kind of lemony orange citrus scent to it. The product got great reviews, but there was no demand for it. Yeah. And also the margins were much smaller in order to make that product. He had to add more chemicals to it, which cost more. Mm. There was people weren't willing to spend more than like 12, 13 bucks for furniture polish. And again, the same issue. We couldn't get the margins dollar wise that we wanted to. So we stopped selling that furniture polish. At the end, we had three products, conditioner, cleaner, furniture polish. I love the brand. It was, like I said, it's very nostalgic. I really enjoy like thinking back to it, how it helped me get started down this journey of selling at Amazon. Um, but, you know, just, you know, kind of we outgrow things. And that's exactly what happened with this brand. Yeah, I find that with the manufacturers a lot. It's like they come at it from a very different angle. They're like, oh, here's this cool product you could sell. Or here's this cool thing we've been working on. And like they're not so much looking at like the buyer side. They're just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm so involved in creating products. I'll create this other product for you. Or we have this really cool thing we invented or whatever. But then like a lot of times it seems like that doesn't match up at all with like what's actually going to sell. You know, and we have that with our other lines of products. We make a lot of camping products as well. Uh, our manufacturers always telling us like here's the latest and greatest technology. But you're right. They're trying to come up with new products to add to their product line. It doesn't mean there's a demand for it out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, we talked about some of the failures, how we, we love doing combination products and like a product that could be a flashlight and a power bank with a zoom lantern focus, all these things. But people don't always want all those things even yeah. though you can make it doesn't mean you should uh, and so we become very narrowly focused we'd like building products that have do one thing do one thing as good if not better than everyone else and i have found at least in our our categories are in that seems to get us better results right now so you, so you had this brand had these three products but then how did you end up making because this is nothing related to like what your main brand is now and has been for years like what did you do with this? And like, how did you end up like jumping from that into a completely different market? So when we started off, my brother was working in the business with me and yeah. we wanted to get a product to market, market as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So our other brand, you know, outdoor camp related, uh, they're manufactured in China. And so we knew it's going to take a little bit more time to communicate with suppliers, get those products made, get them shipped. If we're probably looking at, you know, three, four months before those products would hit the market, we wanted going as quickly as possible. So that's why at the same time, we looked for an American-based product. Mm. And so that's why we looked for these, you know, leather conditioner. Not only did it meet the criteria at the time, but we found places making it in the United States, ended up in Ohio, which I'm in the Midwest, so it was very uh, easy for us to communicate with the person as well. Yeah. Um, so that's why we went that route, launching kind of like two products, because this one we wanted to get the market faster. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so I guess uh, my first product, a uh, pretty different kind of story. Um, you know, I graduated college in 2008 and then went to go work at an investment bank, which was kind of the job that I wanted to do at the time. Uh, I knew I eventually wanted to run my own business, but I went to go work at an investment bank for a short period of time. But then after seven months, I was done. I was like, I'm not going to work for anybody else. 
um, pretty much ever. And so, but I was like, I didn't had, had no idea what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to start a business, but I didn't know what. And so my dad had some medical clinics over in Austin. And so he ended up moving to Austin. I was like, well, I'll see if I can help him grow his business, a smaller business for a period of time while I figure out what I want to do. So I was working with him for a few months. And then I noticed there was some super high end because he had kind of like an alternative medical kind of clinic business. And he had some super high quality health supplements that were sold in his clinics, but were not sold online. And they were great, very good ingredients, great research behind them, super high quality stuff. And so I was like, well, I'll see if I can sell one of these things online. And so kind of fumbled my way through it. He actually had like an advertising guy that kind of helped local businesses advertise on Google and that kind of thing. And so I was talking with that guy and he kind of pointed me in the right direction and helped me get a website set up and stuff. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. And so kind of got a little website set up and then put one of the products on there. And it was actually this product... Um, that I don't think is available anymore because <laughs> I think the uh, FDA or somebody ended up banning it. It was all natural ingredients and stuff, but sometimes there's, depending on who you talk to, some sort of weird rules around some of that kind of thing. But it was a product people absolutely loved. Um, I never really typically had sleep issues, but I took it every once in a while. Uh, but it was mainly for sleep. It was like a natural kind of sleep product. Um, and so it was called Cavinace, like K-A-V-I-N-A-C-E by a company called Neuroscience. And so that was the first product that I ever sold online and started selling it on this online store. And then sales uh, started doing pretty well. Um, in the first month, I think I did like 700 bucks in sales or something. But then after that, it started growing uh, because a lot of people didn't want to have to go to their doctor's offices to go get these products because that company, the company Neuroscience, who I think is still in business today, sells a lot of good products. They um, Their business model was to go sell their products through doctor's offices. Uh, and in Austin, there's a company called People's Pharmacy, which is a little bit of a loophole in the process because they're like a local business that has, I think, doctors and medical professionals on staff. But you go in there and it's basically just like shopping at a CVS. They have a pharmacy <laughs> and stuff, but you can just pick products up off the shelves. And there seems to be people that are maybe a little more helpful than somebody at a CVS. But otherwise, it's like you can go buy it there. And so like their model was selling it to places like that and then also selling it through doctor's offices, but not really online. Even today, some of that brand and other similar brands, they're still kind of very picky about people selling it online for whatever reason, because I think the doctors end up kind of complaining. But the opportunity was, is that you know these patients that were going to these doctor's offices all over the US, that's the only way they could go pick up like a bottle of you know $30 supplements. And so me, and now they could go buy it online at the time, uh, was much better for them. And so we started picking up sales, and so that was really the um, first product that actually. And sold where did online. you sell? You sold it online. Was it on a website or like at a platform like Amazon? Yeah. So I can't even remember now, but it was on my own website. So this is pre pre me selling anything on Amazon, and probably pre before Amazon really took over everything. It was kind of before all that. Uh, this was back in. It would have been two thousand nine. And uh, so yeah, selling on my, on my own website, and I feel like I used some super ghetto shopping cart platform because that was all that was available at the time. Then at the time, Big Commerce, uh, which is kind of yeah. still available today, and people still use it, but it's kind of like I would say it and Shopify were pretty much equal back then. Um, and so I used Big Commerce, and so that that was the main shopping cart platform they ended up using. And then um, just started kind of um, first was fulfilling inventory that I was basically, I think, buying out of my dad's clinics and then selling it. And then eventually I was selling enough where I just started buying my own from the company. And then I found out there was a distributor that would actually let you drop ship. And so uh, I didn't have to buy the inventory ahead of time. And so started doing that and then started adding all these different other brands. Um, so I actually started out selling somebody else's brand of products. And were you shipping the products yourselves? Um, a little bit of a mix. So it did some dropshipping, some not dropshipping. But then at one point, I figured I could save some money by having some of my own inventory. So I 
got my own little office, had a little lease, had one employee, then hired another employee, and um, we started producing so many sales that we were just like burning through paper at the printer and would have like hundreds of packages at the end of the day that the post office would have to come pick up. And this one um, girl that ended up coming to work for us, I think she, I wasn't there when this happened, but according to the other employee, uh, she kind of had like a mental breakdown because I think of uh, <laughs> all of the packages and chaos and stuff that was going on. And so she bolted, she quit. Uh, and it was just chaos. And which is why today, why we tell people to use FBA and that kind of thing. Because it's like, it's great if you're shipping out a few packages and it's kind of nice and consistent. But if you start really producing orders, like it's a whole different kind of operation while you're trying to do everything else. Um, so I kind of wanted to cover two products because mm -hmm. that one's a little bit different because it was somebody else's brand. And then, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, how do you give into private labeling and that kind of thing? And so at one point when I took, started with that brand, ended up having multiple brands and then put it all in one store. Uh, I had, you know, ended up with like 11,000 products in that store because they were all drop shipped. And so I could basically just get an order on the store, then send it over to the manufacturer and they would fulfill it. So I didn't really have to carry much inventory at, at all if I didn't want to. And then I ended up one day having a product that just started like blowing up in sales. Like I had never even heard of the product, didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden it was outselling everything else in the entire store. And I was like, what the heck is this thing? And it was a product that some of the manufacturers sold called HCG Drops which at the time was a diet that, that you would do back then where you would basically either inject the HCG, which I believe is a hormone, or you would take it in this drop format, do that in a severe calorie restricted diet, like 500 calories a day, a uh, very specific kind of diet you would follow. And I guess it was helping a lot of people lose weight, maybe the calorie restriction, but they thought this hormone probably did something so that the calorie restriction wasn't as bad for your body. And so anyways, I didn't know what the product was and it started blowing up in the store and um, coincidentally, around the same time, I was at the pool at the apartment complex that I lived at at the time. And my, my uh, I think we're probably just engaged at that point, but my wife and I now, uh, we were hanging out at the pool and this guy, this big jack guy, I started talking to him about business stuff. And then I was telling him what was going on and that kind of thing. And it was, he was just like, really? Because he was like, I actually manufacture that kind of product myself. Not the same brand, but he made his own brands of these. And he's like, I was telling him my cost and stuff. Because I think the product sold for $20, $25. And my cost to that manufacturer, because I was kind of a middleman, was like $10. He's like, I can get this thing to you for like $2. He's like, it was the same thing. And so uh, I meet this guy. And then he was manufacturing the product. Who knows where? He would roll up to the office in his Range Rover and then kind of drop off boxes of this product, <laughs> which makes it sound like super shifty. But it was just a health supplement. Um, and so that's how I kind of got into private labeling. So I was like, okay, my, my cost all of a sudden dropped from 10 bucks to two bucks. And now I had my own brand that I could build. And that's what I ended up kind of taking to Amazon and sort of scaling up sales on there and kind of learn the whole Amazon piece after that. That's, that's pretty crazy. And so did you ever get out of the supplement niche or to kind of stay in that for your selling years? Yeah. So I ended up selling my, um, kind of drop shipping focused e-commerce business. I sold that. I don't remember, a long time ago, uh, after a couple years of building it. So I ended up selling that, and then I still had kind of my private label business, um, and then ended up creating different private label businesses, and then at the time, it was kind of the Wild West on Amazon, and we were really pushing the envelope, and so most of the sales for the private label supplement business were on Amazon, but we ended up actually getting that Amazon account suspended, which kind of killed sales, um, like overnight, and then we were off to doing other things, um, you know, started growing amazing, and all those kind of things, and so sold the one business, but the private label supplement business kind of just died off, pretty much, and they didn't really want to get back into selling supplements just because we had some other issues also. Um, 
we had a trademarked ingredient that we had a legal contract that said we could sell it, no problem whatsoever. And so it was going in some of the private label supplements. And then the manufacturer, like that's who we got the contract through. And so everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, uh, I believe we got some letter and like multiple brands selling on Amazon got letters at the time that were basically saying, uh, you had a cease and desist. And I feel like they were even threatening lawsuits. And it was the, the manufacturer of the trademarked ingredient. Because what happened was, as they went to Amazon, they were getting seeing people were complaining about this product doesn't work. And so they ordered a bunch of these products, third-party lab tested them, and found out that some of them didn't have hardly any of the amount of that ingredient that they were supposed to. And we were paying a lot of money to have this ingredient in there, um, like way more than it would cost to just have a generic version of it. And so uh, we had never told the manufacturer, like, hey, you know, we're saying, I don't remember what the amounts were, but like we're saying there's 10 milligrams in here, but let's save some money and only put one milligram in here. Like, that's crazy. Like, we wouldn't do that. And we didn't do that. Turns out the manufacturer, which I believe is still somehow in business today, I have no idea how, they were just trying to make extra money. And they were just putting like a fraction of the ingredients. And like you hear about this stuff a lot in the supplement industry. Um, If you want to sell supplements, I wouldn't sell any supplements without third-party lab testing them yourself. I don't care who the manufacturer is. I don't care if they're your best friend. I don't care if they're your cousin, somebody that's recommended to you. It's in your best interest to test your supplements because um, you never know what they could be putting in there. You never know the amounts they could be putting in there. And so I think it's okay to sell supplements. It's a more aggressive market for whatever reason. There's just a lot of people in there that are, I guess, hustling really hard. And you hear about bad review stuff on Amazon and more aggressive competitors. But I mean, I think that's okay. I think that, that I think Amazon gets better and better at sorting that stuff out. To me, the biggest thing is like if you're going to be in that market, and this is a product people are literally putting in their body. It's like I feel like you need to know what's in your product that you're selling because there's legal issues, there's moral issues, and there's this kind of thing, which is just isn't good for anybody. Um, but I think as long as you're willing to do that, I think there's good room there because, I mean, it's kind of like because there's been so many issues, people don't really trust half the supplements that they buy. And so if you have the opportunity to say, hey, we test every single one that we sell, then I think that's a good position. I think that's a good marketing angle, and I've thought about getting back into the space for like that reason alone, but it's you know got plenty of other stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I think it's an okay space to be in as long as you're willing to put up with that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's good, uh, interesting stuff. I had never actually heard the entire story of your first products and your first private label as well. You know, so we've talked about products that were failures, our first products really getting launched, whether it's drop shipping or private label. Um, I guess any of the listeners out there, any other stories you want to hear about us, let us know. Ask us any questions. So just go to amazing.com slash branded and let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Oh.